If you ever wondered how the Nazis happened, all you have to do is look at America right now. Also, hospitals may soon ration care. The CDC says one thing and the Senate says another about sex. And I feel an overwhelming sense of loss because of something that happened. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Happy one week away from Christmas. It is the 18th of December, and Christmas is upon us in seven short little days. Uh, so I hope your holidays are, you know, going well. I hope you've gotten all your shopping done. Uh, if you're lucky enough to shop, and if you aren't, then I hope you've got all your baking done, or however you're giving a little gift this year. Uh, I hope it's all done and wrapped and ready to go, even if it's just for your dog or your cat or your parakeet or whatever it might be. Uh, all right, before we get to the news, I got to tell you, I was at No Butcher over the weekend uh, here in Las Vegas, Great Deli, and there are these three young kids out front, probably like tw- in their 20s, you know, 23, 25, and they said something to me that was, well, the whole conversation was sort of just kind of sad to me, uh, and really what I got out of it was that they're not hopeful about a future. And I mean, like, not just a little bit. They seriously don't think they're going to live to be my age. They seriously don't think they're going to live to be in their 60s or 70s because they don't think there's going to be a planet or an economy or any of it. They're, they're just really not optimistic at all. And it was so sad to hear. They are literally living like there's no tomorrow. And that is such a danger. Because when there is a tomorrow and they get there and they're not prepared for it, they're, spe- they're, they're doom spending, they call it, which is just spending their money. They're not saving it up. They're not saving for a house. They're not none of that. They don't, they're just spending their money and they're literally living like this is it. Uh, and that's, I want to say it's sad, but I mean, maybe this is it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I wanted to start with a look at the news and God, you know, I advocate for a ceasefire. Now I think most of the world is advocating for advocating for a ceasefire. Benjamin Netanyahu is not. But imagine being a hostage, okay? And, and you've been held hostage for a while now. And all of a sudden you hear, you know, guns and things, and you think, oh, well, maybe we're saved. And so you're shirtless, but you're, you know, you're going to make the best of it. So you go out with a white flag, sort of the international sign for we surrender, you know? So you go out with a a white flag that basically says, you know, we surrender. You have written SOS in what little food that you have, uh, so maybe someone could see, and you don't have any weapons. You're unarmed. And you go out, under these situations, these circumstances, and you ask it shot by the people who are supposed to be saving you. And, you know, everyone was asking me, you know, how do you, why do you think those soldiers shot those hostages? And I said, because these people are so hyped that whatever appears as an enemy, they're just indiscriminately shooting and it's not just the hostages they're killing people who in no way shape or form look like Hamas and this is proof of that and yet what's going to happen from it 
Nothing. The world is now souring very quickly on Bibi Netanyahu and on his little war here. Even Jews are like, um, you killed our hostages? Like, who do you who are you sending in there to do your your bidding? So that's just effed up. There's just there's nothing more I can say about that topic other than it's effed up. It is effed up that the hostages got killed by their own soldiers, that they were unarmed, that they had white flags, that they had put up SOS. There was no reason for them to be shot except the zeal and the the blind hatred of the people doing the shooting. And that's really what it is. It's blind hatred because they were blind. They didn't see those people for who they were. They didn't, you know, they were just blinded by this rage and they go in there, blam, 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 and that's it. They just kill everything and anything. Wow. Just a big wow. So that happened in the news. The other thing that everyone's talking about over the weekend and today is that Trump made yet another speech. And in that speech, he said out loud, immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. Now, for those of you that study history, that may sound familiar. You might go, hmm, where have I heard that before? Gandhi? No, no, no. Uh, Mother Teresa? No, no, it wasn't her. Cesar Chavez? No, no, it wasn't him. Martin Luther King? No, 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 it wasn't him. Hmm, who was it then? Oh, that's right, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, almost word for word, Donald Trump, who's running around saying that he wouldn't mind being a dictator, that he's going to take all this retaliation day one when in office, that he's going to round up and deport every undocumented uh, immigrant in this country, which good luck with that. Uh, got about 20 million seats on a bus. Uh, and then in that same speech says, immigrants poison the blood of our nation. That's what that's Hitler talk. And that's not, the White House has even said that. Like, um, he lifted that quote from Adolf Hitler. And the people, you know, the young people at No Butcher, they were scared about next year for this very reason. Because they're like, what is it going to take for these people that follow him to be Americans first and Trump supporters second? Like, when are they finally going to put their country and their constitution above Donald Trump. And I said, never. They're not going to. But that's not how that's going to happen. And that's sad. That now it's, you know, everyone always says, I wonder how it happened in Nazi Germany. I wonder, you know, I wonder, was it, how, why did those people sit by and let that happen? Why did the Germans not stop Hitler before? Why did they, well, now you know why. Okay, now you know why. Because there weren't enough of them. There were too many idiots that were buying what the guy was selling. And now here in our country, there's too many idiots buying what this guy is selling. And what he's selling is pure out fascist dictatorship. And he's not hiding it. And the GOP is not hiding it. And so you're just, you sit here in the middle of December, and you think to yourself, oh my God, what's going to happen in 2024? And you don't know. And that's what's got these kids living like there's no tomorrow, doom spending and, and doing all these things, you know, living like there's no tomorrow. And that's because to them, there isn't. 
because we're not stopping this guy. We're not putting the cowbush on him. We're letting him exist. He's getting airtime. He's out my leg. Sorry. He's getting media. He's getting all kinds of things. And what are we doing about it? Nothing. Nothing. What can we do, Carell? You and I, I'm not really sure anymore. I'm really not. I'm going to talk about this overwhelming sense of loss I have from something that happened in the park. I'm going to talk about that later. But on this holiday season, I guess all you can do is love the ones you're with, celebrate, have your dinners, act like those young people. Forget about the future. It's so uncertain right now. It is so horrific. The possibilities, the possible outcomes are so overwhelmingly bad that maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't think about it until there's something we can do about it, which is vote. That's really all we can do about it is vote. You can support the right causes with your money. You can lend your voice. But really voting, showing up, getting your neighbors to show up. Now we got this Cornell West jumping in and he could ruin Biden's chances. We got Biden <laughs> unable to jump. I mean, we've, the future is very uncertain. And not really optimistic when you have a fascist dictator saying things like immigrants pollute the blood of our country. Immigrants are our country. When we come back, let's talk about that and the Senate. I know it's dicey, but people are having sex in the Senate. Literally. As in, in the the Senate. We're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. Sex is natural, sex is good. Not everybody does it, but everybody should. So said George Michael. Happy December 18th, just seven days away from uh, Christmas. Christmas Eve, a week from yesterday. So you better you better get your, your stuff done, honey. Although I am a, I'm one of those Christmas Eve people, or it used to be. Heather's so shocked that I even have their presents ready to ship. She's like, <laughs> we thought we'd get them somewhere around New Year's. What a racket that is. $40 UPS to Washington from here if I want it maybe to appear by Christmas. 85 if I want it guaranteed. Ugh. And, you know, I just found out that Candy and Scott, Jake and Heather's parents, are not going up to Seattle because of cost. And so for the first time in years, I could go because I don't go when they go because Candy doesn't like me. And I don't want to put the kids in the middle of anything. And I just found out yesterday that they're all, the kids are just all going to be at their houses. Jake and Heather and Ari and Emily. Well, actually, <laughs> got that backwards. It's Heather and Emily and Jake and Ari. 
So if I went up like the 22nd, I could do a big dinner with them on the 23rd for Christmas and then come home for Christmas Eve and still have it here with Steve and, you know, Zoom call with friends and stuff. The problem is it's a $1,500 trip and I really want to give that to myself, but I totally have to charge it. And I don't really want to do that. But that's, that, I want that so bad. I would, uh, see that's, but 1500 I mean, the hotel would be like 300 there's a rental car, then I got to fly there round trip and all of that. And so literally, it'd be about 1500 to $2,000. But I'd get to see them on Christmas or, well, that Christmas weekend. I would be filled with joy and happiness and love and, ugh, I hate being poor, <laughs> broke. I do. 1500 isn't that much, you know. I, I should be able to spend that for Christmas to take myself to see my family. But I can't. Oh, well. Say like you Anyway, so I saw two stories about sex in the news, which really made me want to talk to you about it. The CDC is the director of the STD uh, department, which I'm not even sure you knew we had an STD department, but we do, uh, says sex is a normal activity and part of our human experience. And the reason he's saying that is the nation's outgoing STD chief speaks out about the stigma fueling the sharp rise in infections. And guess what? One of the primary challenges uh, is that we have just doubled the numbers of sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, truly. I mean, they've just gone way up. Uh, clinics were closed during the pandemic. People couldn't get treatments, all this other kind of stuff. So they just skyrocket. Uh, reported cases of chlamydia and syphilis dropped in 2020, but the increases were huge right after the pandemic. Uh, and he was saying that he believes, and they're at an all-time high, by the way, syphilis and gonorrhea haven't been this high since the Truman administration. Truman. Which means people aren't using condoms anymore. So let's talk about AIDS, shall we? But anyway, so we have this huge, huge uptick uh, in sexually transmitted diseases. But according to the outgoing director of the CDC's STD department, he says there's this stigma still about sex, about talking about sex, about talking about sexually transmitted diseases. And so he thinks we need to get rid of this stigma because he says sex is a normal activity and part of our human experience. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, it is. Sex is normal, if you do it right. Now, I know a lot of people think that it's not. And we're moving in this puritanical sort of, you know, vibe again. But sex is fabulous. Really, sex is great. I may not be having it right now, and I'm not. But when I do have it, it's fun. It's good. You know, for a while, I thought it wasn't worth the trouble. I thought, oh, God, it's just not. And a lot of you might be there. You might be my age and think, ugh, you know, it's just not worth the trouble. But it kind of is worth the trouble. It does so many great things for you, uh, mentally, physically, uh, in your attitude, all kinds of things. A positive sex life is actually part of longevity. Uh, every study they've done has said people who maintain a positive attitude about sex live longer. Horn <laughs> dogs. And so I was thinking about that and this headline, sex is normal. It's a natural part of the human experience. And it is. And I was thinking about that because someone got fired from the Senate, not a senator, but a staffer, a guy from the Bay Area, because the Daily Caller, which is owned by Tucker Carlson, 
uh, released a video that I'm sure Tucker pleasured himself to first of two men, of course, uh, having sex in a Senate hearing room. Okay, now not the actual, you know, not the floor of the Senate, where I'm sure sex has happened, by the way. And I think all the way back to like the 1700s, but in a Senate hearing room. Now, I am quite sure it's not the first time sex has happened in a Senate hearing room, okay? But it's probably the first time it's been on video and been two guys and been released. So, of course, the guy's been fired. Back to the Bay Area for you. Uh, and, you know, shame and disgust. And we want him to be shamed. You know, the, the stories and everything are acting like he should feel ashamed or embarrassed. Why would you feel ashamed or embarrassed for getting laid in a Senate hearing room? I mean, really, there was nobody there. It's not like he did it, you know, in the middle of a hearing. So why on earth would you feel embarrassed or afraid or ashamed? And why would you fire him? Well, he had sex at work. Lots of people have sex. I've had sex at almost every job I've ever worked at. Yes, I had sex at KFI Radio with Andrew. We most certainly did. And we had it in the on-air studio. We most certainly did. And to KFI, that's even more sacrosanct than, let's say, a Senate hearing room. This is the on-air studio where Bill Handel goes in there and, and you know, Phil Hendry and, uh, at the time, Rush Limbaugh, Dr. Laura. And, yes, we had sex in the same seat that Dr. Laura sat in. Oh, yes, we did. And we did it on purpose. We had sex in the same studio Rush Limbaugh broadcast from. And we did it on purpose. Because, hey, it was fun. We had a good time. You're wondering, when do we do it? Our breaks used to be 11 minutes sometimes. We'd break at 4.50 and wouldn't come back till 5.04. That's 13 minutes. Oh, a lot can be done in 13 minutes. <laughs> I had sex at KGO. I most certainly did. I was working 10 to 1, and there was... A guest that I had brought with me to San Francisco. I won't name names, but you know who you are. Well, he doesn't listen. Uh, you all know who it is. Devin. <laughs> you know. And yeah, we, we had sex at KGO. So this Senate guy from California, from the Bay Area, he's fired because he had sex in the Senate hearing room. Like, that's supposed to be some holy ground. And even if it is, I've had sex in a church. How many of you have had sex in a church? Raise your hand. No, it wasn't with a priest. It wasn't with a priest. Uh... So I thought that I might ask you, where's the strangest place you've had sex? First of all, have you ever had sex at work? Because this Senate guy is being fired for having sex at work. He worked as an aide in the Senate. He's from the Bay Area. He had a hot guy with him. They decided because guys are men or pigs, we'll have sex anywhere. Uh, anywhere. We want to have sex so bad that if you tell us yes, we'll just do it wherever. Uh, and so I, oh, Andrew and I had sex in front of the post office once. He wasn't feeling well, and he got horny when he didn't feel well. And he did. And so he was wrapped in a blanket only. He went to the post office with me because he wanted to get out of the house. And so he just wrapped himself in a blanket. I come out of the post office. He's sitting there in the front seat, totally naked, aroused. Well, I hopped in the car, and we had fun. I mean, what was I supposed to do? Just walk away from that and say, put that away. We got to go home. Uh-uh. No. Right there. Yes, fellatio happened. So what about you? You can put in the comments if you don't want to let the whole world know. I don't know why, why you wouldn't. The director of the CDC STD department says that sex is a normal activity and part of our human experience. Well then, 
Where have you had this normal activity? Elevators? You ever had it in public? You ever had it in an elevator? You ever got caught? Have you had it at work? Maybe in an alley somewhere? Oh, I can't count how many times I've had sex in an alley. I really can't. Uh, I've had you know, bathhouse sex, of course. That's not a workplace, though. Uh, but I've had airplanes. Oh, yes, Andrew and I remember the Mile High Club. And they try to discourage that, but we did it. So I'm asking you, comment or email, which is comments at reallycorel.com. Where's the strangest place you had sex? The naughtiest place. The place you shouldn't have, but you did. Where? Tell me. I want to know. I mean, why not? It's normal. It's if natural. You're not visiting reallycorel.com daily. You're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K A R E L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corel Cast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corel Cast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. Hmm. On my friend John Limbacher's boat when Andrew was alive, we all went out to sea for four days, and mm-hmm, he and I had it after they all went to sleep. Uh, let's see. So I'm still thinking about places because <laughs> Andrew and I. <laughs> I mean, we are all over everywhere. I mean, <laughs> just, so tell me down below. Don't let that poor Senate staffer be disgraced because he had it in the Senate hearing room. Where have you had sex where you probably shouldn't have, but you did? Oh, I can't. Ca- oh, you, you know, I was thinking of parks because the next topic involves the park. I've had sex in so many parks. When I was a kid, like 16, 17, oh, God, yes. Cherry Park, Belmont Belmont Shore Park, the Cliffs, uh, Down the Bluffs, um, uh, Granada Lot uh, in Long Beach, which was out front of Ripples, the gay bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, in cars, on the beach, in the restroom. Oh, yeah. This is, of course, like 79, 78, 80. Oh, yeah. Where else? Airplanes, boats, on a train, Amtrak, on our way to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, we had a private car, a private room. So that, you know, we had a room. We got a room. <laughs> but it was on a train. Uh, where? Oh, it just, I, I it just, I can't count. I cannot count. The, and Andrew used to like to like be sneaky about it. He used to like to have sex in a da- in dangerous places. We were hiking up to some place in Big Bear one time up some trail, and he veered off the trail, and I go to find him, and there he is naked in the woods, old nature boy. But people were walking just like thirty feet away from us. Oh, we had sex. <laughs> oh yes, we did. So you know, and at work, yes, I've had sex at work, even before radio. I've had sex in the Blades offices. Oh, yeah. Newspaper, R&B report office, I had sex. Oh, yes. Yes. So where have you? <laughs> what places that you maybe shouldn't have, but you did? And if there was a video, you might be fired. <laughs> Thank God I grew up in the age where there weren't video cameras everywhere. All right. So I was depressed yesterday, Sunday, uh, for about half a day. Uh, because of something that happened in the park. 
because to me it's emblematic of America. Uh, so I was walking in the park Sunday morning with Ember, and this guy with this uh, those things that you use to pick stuff up off the ground, his was metal, it's about four feet long. He was beating trash cans with it, screaming at people, and so he was screaming at these kids skateboarding in the skate park. And he was screaming homophobic things at them. I saw you in the bathroom, you faggoty queers. And he, I mean, just terrible things. And these kids were like 15, 16, 17. They had been in the bathroom going the bathroom. And he came in and thought they were doing something other than and started screaming at them, chased them, hitting hitting trash cans, beating the, the, the lampposts, beating the bleachers, beating the fence, screaming obscenities, calling women whores as they go by, swinging this thing over his head, almost hitting people. He was terrorizing. He literally was terrorizing this whole area. So I call the cops, and I can't videotape him because you can't videotape when you're on the phone. So I call the cops. And while I'm on the phone waiting for the cops, about five minutes where, where she's still on the phone with me, I'm telling her all the horrible things he's doing. And he was doing horrible things, screaming at people, chasing them with his stick, the whole thing. Using that thing as a weapon, just, he terrified me because he was shouting such homophobic things. And he was talking about, you know, oh, just, he was just out there. And he was saying horrible things. I don't even want to repeat them. They were horrible. And so I call. They send two units in the helicopter and all that. They handcuff him because he goes up to the car with the stick. They're all, lower the stick. I thought I was going to get shot. Uh, and they handcuff him. They come and talk to me. I don't believe they went and talked to the kids uh, that were being threatened so much that another guy with a Great Dane came over to scare that guy away. And so he was literally terrorizing one quarter of the whole park. And they handcuff him, and then I go get on my bike. I come back around with Ember, and he's been let loose, and they're gone. They released him. They released him. And someone's going to get hurt. He's going to hurt somebody. He may have already. It's been a day. He's going to hurt somebody. And he's made me not want to go back there. Not because he himself might be there, but because someone like him might be there. Because there's so many of these mentally ill or just really angry people out there homophobes, sexist, misogynist, bigots, Trump followers, maggots. All, I mean, there's just all these miscreants. And they, they are, this guy behaved, if what he did was not illegal, and he did, he was destroying park property, and yet they didn't arrest him. Because nowadays you have to be obtusely bad before anybody will do anything about it. And it made me really sad. Because that's how we're losing America. Because people like me, we don't want to put up with that anymore. So we just rather move. Get out of the area. Go to a different place. Well, where, Corel? There are places where I would not have to encounter that every single day. Last week, it was Dexter coming back into the park. And he had been trespassed out. And he was threatening women and encroaching on their space. And so I called and had him arrested again. You know, but there he was back in the park harassing people. We just want to go to the park and be in peace with our dogs. And now that's becoming impossible. Just like you want to just live in America and be at peace with each other. But it's impossible. 
It's impossible. You got Trump acting like a dictator and people following him. You've got people online saying horrible comments to you and to other people, people they don't even know. Things equally as bad as that guy in the park. And what happens to them? Nothing. But if you try to report them, what happens to you? You get punished. You are the one that ends up on the bad end of the stick if you try to stick up to bad behavior. We are losing. We have lost this country. We've lost it. The fact that Trump can make these statements in public and, and gather a following means we are becoming Nazi Germany. We really, truly are. The fact that homeless or this guy, allegedly he was there doing community service, that he can just be released unfettered. You know, he was he was threatening people with violence. I'll beat the fuck out of you. You know, all this other stuff. Well, we're the weapon. And they knew this. I told the cops. And what did they do? They released him. Because that's what happens nowadays. The worse you behave, the less your repercussions. And that's how we're lo we lost the country. It's not that we're losing. We've lost America. There is no America anymore. And I hate to end this Friday or this Monday before Christmas with this kind of topic, but there is no United States of America anymore. There just isn't. And maybe there never was. Maybe that's a myth. Maybe the Civil War never ended, whatever. But we're not united on anything, even in the states. In California, supposed to be a big liberal state. No, they're not united on so many things. And there's haters there. There's hey, MAGA. Ember and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today. Well, I got all involved. I, got, I didn't see that it was coming end of the show time. So I'm going to take a breath and we'll finish my thought. Uh, because I don't want to leave you on on that rant where it just goes right into the commercial or to the end of the show. So stand by just a second, and we'll finish up right here, right now. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. Well, I guess I'm passionate about that because I got all up in it. Didn't even see it was the end of the show, but it is how we've lost America. We, A, because half of us don't care. Like those kids I met at No Butcher, it's like, why, why would they care about the future? They don't think we have one. So what, you know, I don't, I hate to say that, but why would they care? They don't think we have a future. 
Number two, you are tired of caring. You, you've got so much to care about. There's all this horrible stuff from climate change to the economy to the political situation to on and on and on. And it's just too much between having to care for your own life and then all that. It's too much. Homelessness, you can't care about it anymore. You want to, but you can't. And places are becoming unlivable. I consider my neighborhood becoming unlivable. I really do. Because across the street from me is a park at Buffalo and Flamingo. And guess what? I can't go in there after dark or even even the middle of the day. Every, every picnic table has homeless people on it. And then after dark, it's just dicey. And it's not that well lit because the city just doesn't dump a bunch of resources into it. You know, and now with Desert Breeze... Would like this guy, I don't want to, I don't want to have to encounter someone beating up half the park with a stick, screaming homophobic slurs, and then the police just leave him there. I don't, I don't want to have to risk that going back. And if that means that in America, there's let look, Jeff, Jeff Zucker is building an enormous complex in Hawaii, the largest private development ever built. And he's including a 5,000-square-foot subterranean bunker with blast doors. All the rich are doing this because they know they are leading us to only one inevitability, destruction. All of the rich have these places. Elon Musk does. Warren Buffett does. Bill Gates does. Zucker does. They all have either in New Zealand or Hawaii Iceland, Alaska, they're building these giant subterranean places where they could be for years. Why? Because they know what's coming, because they're fucking creating it. And they know what they're doing. It's not an accident. They will survive. We will not. Look how we're being forced to live. You have to go out and earn tons of money. And for what? So you can walk through a fucking park and be accosted by a crazy person that the police leave there because they ain't got the resources to do anything else with him. Because you got to come home and see the homeless people in your neighborhood. Or you got to come home and to the, all the violence that's going on. No matter where you live. I know you think it's just, oh, where you live. No. Unless you live in a very wealthy neighborhood. Very wealthy. Because I guarantee you in L.A., people are paying a million dollars for houses and for homes. I know this. My house is now a million dollars on 7th Street. $940,000 to live in Park Howard. And I know there was a mass shooting at the alley right next door. I know that homeless people were crapping in front of the garage. And I know that there's been violence on 7th Street right by that house. I know there has. And I know there's a homeless guy living on the corner because I always see him at the abandoned gas station when I go down there. He's been there four years living outside an abandoned gas station for four years in a neighborhood where houses are a million dollars, where churches have sectioned off their balconies and their porches so the homeless can't stay there. Churches locking up their grounds. Oh, there's a great, you know, godlike thing to do. And so we're all, we've, we're losing it every single day. And it's become so commonplace that America is just slipping through our fingers that we let it go. We don't hold on to it anymore. 
Most of you, you think it's already a fade complete that Trump has won. You're just like, oh, he's probably going to win again. Do you, you don't realize how horrible that would be. Oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. It could eventually lead to a world war where we don't come out the winners. Try that new world order with China on top or somebody else. Oh, China's always wanted to be a top. Make no mistake, so has Putin. Putin's always wanted to be a top. And so we have all of this going on, and America is just slipping right through our hands. And more importantly, the young generation are not inspired to fight and build a better America because they don't see one possible. We've taken their dreams. And not all. There's a few young people that see a better tomorrow, all that bullshit. But there's a very small percentage in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s. We all believe there could be a bigger, brighter future, that it would just get better. Instead, it's getting worse everywhere. There's not one part of your life that's actually getting better for the most of you. Your financial situation is not getting much better. Your living situation is not getting much better. It might be good now. You might be blessed. But I'm telling you, you don't see it getting exponentially better. And your country, you don't see America getting better where we take care of more poor people, where we welcome more immigrants, where, for instance, the hospitals, we didn't talk about this earlier. I guess we're doing a long show today. The hospitals are saying that they're at maximum capacity already from COVID and from RSV and the flu. And that they might have to start rationing care. And you're not hearing about this because corporations want you to spend money and go out over the holidays. They don't want you to isolate again. But if you were smart, you would be. Now, three years ago, our medical system broke. And we showed it that if a virus comes along, it can cause devastation. And what did we do? We let corporations still run it. And they made cuts, not improvements. They didn't hire more doctors, hire more nurses, build more hospitals, take over other buildings and turn them into hospitals, find ways to have secondary sites in case they get overwhelmed. None of that. Instead, here we are three and a half years later, and now they're screaming we might have to start rationing care again. And we find that acceptable, that we live in a country where the healthcare industry is the number two industry in the country second only to fossil fuel, and what, do we, what does that healthcare industry do? Crumble right in front of us. Ration care in the USA? Why? Because corporations were not going to spend the money after COVID to give us the healthcare system that we need and deserve. That's why. And again, we let that happen. We don't demand that the government pick up the slack and say, look, if corporate America is not going to give us the hospitals that we need, then we need the government to do that. But of course, how could we get a Republican House or Senate to you know, do things like build hospitals, take care of sick people? We couldn't. Why? Because we're losing America. We're losing what it's about. We're losing sight of what it's for. We're losing the reason. What is our purpose? Outside of consuming and providing corporations with slaves, and then taking the money the corporations give us and give it right back to corporations and landowners, what is our purpose? What is the purpose of the United States of America? Is it just to be consumers? Is that now our whole purpose? 
It's not to love each other, protect each other, better each other. We're not doing anything in the space race of any kind of excitement. We're not doing any national projects of roads and bridges and all that that are exciting. We're patching up what's here, but we're not innovating into the 21st century and beyond. We're not fighting climate change on a worldwide level. We're not producing new ways to produce food or feed more people. What is our purpose? What is your purpose as an American? And I'm being honest. What is your purpose as an American? To vote? For who? Criminals? To earn money. That's your purpose. Earn money and vote. That's it. Okay, well then what's my country's purpose? To spend that money. On what? Oh, war. To keep the industrial complex going. All right, I am Carell. You be who you want to be, so I'm not hurt anybody. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye, darling. Much love to you. from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy.